0: Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston. And you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast or a podcast that understands the allure of seeing meatballs multiple times in the theater my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're feasting on the leftovers of our doomsday prepping as we delve into the mouth of march madness and travel back 20 years to talk the horror classics from our 2001 bracket and whether or not you've been into space, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe. And when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your Odyssey hole. And of course, you can find us out on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And as this episode is hitting you on Monday, Mm -hmm. March 15th, ideally, whatever shenanigans we have going on that
1: week. There'll be some fun
0: ones. There will be some fun ones. Now, of course, we are recording these way in advance, so we Uh don't know exactly what the shenanigans are.
1: But shenanigans shall be abound.
0: And of course, you will find our bracket... And if you don't have the brackets, how are you gonna play along? We want to make sure you are playing along. Yes,
1: yes, definitely. Fill out those brackets, send them back to us on the social media, and just we want to see where what you think, what upsets you, all that good stuff. But yeah, make sure you show your work. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, that's the that's what brings about the madness throughout the month because mm-hmm. what whatever day it could be. Our choices would probably be different.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure we've had some upsets already. I'm sure of it.
0: 20 years in at this point, through 1981, 1991, now in the year 2001. One. We survived Y2K. Uh huh. And not only was it a new millennium, mm-hmm. but we were looking forward to new horror films. Mm-hmm. And now we've hit the magic decade, 10 year. Now we've doubled that at 20 and what's great with a lot of the movies that we're talking here in 2001 mm-hmm. is a lot of these were theatrical experiences for my first time viewing.
1: Yeah, same here, like the majority of them. Which is wonderful. Fucking dope. Which <laughs> but, but also going to excuse the head and the heart, but cuz a lot of them especially what I'm like in this one especially I'm like really like man. I remember this theater experience, but I remember this one too. So well, and if you
0: think back, technically twenty years ago in two thousand and one, at that point I was twenty two years old. Uh huh. I was just a a year after becoming a man and technically (laughs) being able to do what you do at twenty one, and that is going out and about. I was still very much an introvert, and I was still very much just a person that would look forward to going out to the theaters. Yeah, and that's what I did. Do you recall back in two thousand and one? I was probably drunk. <laughs> back in the more adventurous days, that was
1: the highlight of my party time. So yeah, I would uh, probably be like on the in the dance clubs or fucking just like hanging out. I don't. I don't remember a lot of early two thousands. Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. But do you remember those theatrical experiences? I do. Though? I See? do. I do. I remember hanging out in Lawrence a lot. Um. And other than that, not much. Not much,
0: that's fair. Did you ever go to the Liberty Theater? hmm Yeah, that was the...
1: Way back in the day. In the
0: back in the day, yeah. That was where you would go for the art films. That's mm-hmm. where I saw um, <clears throat> the... <laughs> it was probably one of the most uncomfortable viewing experience I've had, but the movie The Dreamers <laughs> with Ava Green. And it's it's a wonderful film about the the student paris this the paris student riots in the late 60s uh-huh but it's also a very sexual movie so it would have it would have been worked perfectly back in the month of january i, I like the way they
1: think exactly
0: <laughs> back when we were getting weird then
1: mm-hmm. but
0: um i was also getting a chance to see all these movies back in the day which was fantastic now that being said, we've got 8 films from 2001. We mm-hmm. whittled it down. We've got 4 different matchups here, and it's going to be tough because we were talking off mic, once you hit the 90s and the 2000s, especially when we started seeing more of these in the theater, that heart and head thing, they really start <laughs> battling each other. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah, they do. You're t- pulled one way and then I'm like, "Oh, but yeah, but I then you're pulled another way." And then I'm glad this gave me a chance to rewatch some of these Some of these movies are old favorites, and some of these movies, I'm like, "Ah, why haven't they been in my rotation more? Some of these, I have not
0: watched since that initial theatrical experience 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So let's delve into them, and we're going to go just top to bottom here. And our first matchup, oh my goodness. Now, they do say, and not quite yet, (laughs) not quite yet, but they do say eventually (laughs) that if your franchise or if your setting ends up in the outer regions, that it's a bad thing. However. Yeah, no,
1: no, no, that's not always the case. Not always the case at all. No, no, in no. fact,
0: the two films that we're looking at in our first matchup here in 2001 do indeed come from... In Space! And our matchup is, the topic bracket is In Space, and we have two films featured in space. hmm Jason X and John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Motherfucking Ghost of Mars. that. I, I will give it its appropriate respect. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have to see if you can win me over on this one because if anyone knows the show, they know we love, love, yeah. worship at the altar of John
1: Carpenter. You guy's fucking better,
0: but I am not an apologist, and I, I celebrate the entire catalog. But there is admittedly some of the higher echelon Carpenter, and then there's some lower carpenters. But some, you know, what the worst carpenter is better than 99. percent Yeah. Of what potentially you might see here in the matchup, but which of the two films do we go ahead and launch out to first, genius? We've
1: already been started talking about Ghost of Mars.
0: Let's continue. All right. Well, by any chance, did you see this in the theater?
1: Fuck yeah, I saw this movie in the theater. One, it was probably my first one of my first things of Jason Statham. You know, before his starring vehicle, the Transporter, well, with hair, well, okay, like, like a peach.
0: Can we do we discuss that at this point? It it was very unsettling. And this was before he was Statham, right? And I love that this is technically that seed that was planted.
1: Like, this is kind of I like this dude,
0: but it's almost like seeing Tom Atkins without a mustache. It's
1: weird. It's disheartening, it- and the fact that he does, he kicks ass, but he doesn't like spoilers. He doesn't live to see the end of the movie, and you're like, because I remember rewatching this like, oh yeah, Ooh. oh no, not Statham. Come on, man. <laughs> well, yeah. rewatching
0: it actually, the the kind of the joy of this, and I think as you've said it before is when we're rediscovering all the people that are in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, oh, wait, Clea Duvall is yeah. in this? Oh, I totally forgot she's in this. Like
1: Pam Greer's in this?
0: Pam Greer is right? in this. I was so excited. Number one, I really like the idea of this whole like matriarchal society that is presented in the movie, mm-hmm. but we really don't go in depth into that at all.
1: Right. It's just and a side note.
0: It is kind of a side note, which is a bummer because I think there's some really interesting stuff to mine there. Mine. <laughs> uh-huh. But I do think, uh, sadly for me, this movie, didn't see it in the theater.
1: hmm
0: First time I watched it was with you. <laughs> it, was with, I, it, was, it was with you and Dustin. Uh-huh. And because I was begrudgingly against it because I just, it didn't feel right. I remember seeing the trailers and I, I enjoyed it. But it just felt off, and rewatching it again, it felt like a Carpenter mixtape, mm-hmm. but not directed by a Carpenter. It felt like Carpenter doing Carpenter, yeah, which is kind of awesome. But it felt like it, it was like he was tired, or it just almost felt restrained, which is weird because the movie is hugely violent. Which mm-hmm. I completely forgot how it's violent crazy the movie violent. Is. It's crazy violent and i don't want to seem like i'm slagging on it and i'm not saying it didn't win me over mm-hmm. but at the same time the edits still really bug me from just the 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 side swipe right not really used to that in a carpenter film kind of the weird narrative structure normally doesn't bother me but i don't know for some reason didn't feel in time with this car it just it felt like someone trying to it felt like um rodriguez in planet terror when he's kind of making his own grindhouse carpenter film Mm -hmm. it felt kind of like the same way and again i enjoyed it and the presence of anthrax alone in the score should have me just immediately going this is my this is my jam Uh, it just there's bits and pieces man i here's the thing i'm gonna watch it again with you guys i need to watch it with you and dustin again yeah because it's one thing to watch it by yourself it's another one to watch it with people that love the movie Give it some love, genius. So allow me to retort, sir. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: you have been sitting so quiet and patient, man. I am so impressed. You, my friend, are patient. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now I shall get on my soapbox. Um, <laughs> To me, this is Escape from Mars. This is the natural progression. This is also experimental Carpenter to me. And he is trying things out of his wheelhouse. And while, yes, I will agree with you, there is one thing in this subsequent viewing where I was like, he did this too much and I don't like it, him doing it, is when he did that weird, like, matrix time jump. Mm -hmm. I liked the the, um, structure of the story. The fact that it's in flashbacks and all that. I liked a lot of the ideas and it's fucking cool and it's fucking violent it's one of those movies where you can just shut your fucking brain off and just let carpenter try something different now is it is lower carpenter i will give you that but at the same time it's not the ward you know what i'm saying the ward i will not apologize
0: for the ward i'm telling right now though someone's screaming into the right going, f you
1: genius mcgee but at the same time, you know, we love... But I enjoy it. Um, I think Natasha Hendrick, I, I've Ice always Cube. Wanted. I think the cast alone is fucking amazing. I really like Ice Cube. Yeah.
0: But now that you mentioned the fact that if you gave me the choice between Desolation Williams and Snake Plissken...
1: I'm going to go Snake Plissken.
0: Had, had this been Escape from Mars, it may have changed my viewing of the film because I'm naturally someone that is just... I go towards i gravitate towards kurt russell Mm -hmm. uh so that could have changed my viewing of the film maybe potentially i don't know it just i'm i need to watch it again with you guys that's just my thing i think that will affect my because i will watch it eventually with repetition (laughs) to get to love it i think but i just
1: i don't know it just seems off i remember i i think because it's not like like i said earlier i think he's trying something he's trying to like either not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but like, I'm, I'm going to try something different here. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. It's the two it's, new millennium. of fucking rock and roll.
0: And do you think maybe that's it because this would be his, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. This will be his, you know, again, 40 years now of terror that he has been constantly been a presence yeah. in genre. I know this is between this and the ward. These were the two films that really made him give up on filmmaking. Well,
1: I'll even go say a lot of people are saying the same things you say about vampires, Mm -hmm. how vampires was like everything before vampires was great carpenter. Everything after vampires, with the exception of mouth of madness is like sub tier and, I love vampires. I'll go with vampires as mid tier Carpenter. Yeah, I think it's a cool movie. I think Ghosts of Mars, I think it doesn't get a lot enough love. And I think because like it's not what people are used to when it comes to John Carpenter. But I think at the same time, even like even though he's trying something new, he still has the presence there. And I really appreciate that. And I like this story. I understand I do want to see more of this matriarchal society and some of the things that it sets up, but at the same time, I would like to see it get decimated by these this presence yeah. because it also can be like you're reaping what you're sowing, the taking of like indigenous lands mm-hmm. and shit, even though something lies dormant, they're Fighting for their freedom, so it's hard to look at them as bad guys when they're kind of their own good guys, and vice versa, and all that stuff. It's
0: another take on manifest destiny.
1: It is. And, I like it, and I liked it, and and I and I still do. It's motherfucking Ghosts of Mars. There's something. There's something inherently primal about it to me. There's something that, like, I don't know. It, it it gets me going. You know. I think it's because like it has like the the weird sci-fi aspect of it. It's got the the. Um, creepy horror almost um event horizon um there's a little bit, little of, bit of that going on yeah. with the, the metal the metal fetishists yes and shit <laughs> running around and then with the practical effects that they have of them like ripping themselves open and the, the the it's effects work really is top good. notch it's almost like assault on district mars 13 too so it's kind of a it's one of those greatest hits tapes that's like the second greatest hits you know when the first one's got all of the prime cut ones but then the second one it's still a good greatest hits it's use your illusion too. no that's a bad example because that's a good album but like, well, no it's the
0: fact that like you know we've been doing Carpenter Fest through Screenland a number of years and I've been
1: championing Ghosts of Mars to show up at some point
0: you know what this might be the year it happens Cause because we're
1: out of other John Carpenter movies well so. we, we've kind of gone through the, the top and mid tier at
0: this point so we're going to explore the vampires uh the the village of the damned the body bags again some some gems out there and i do think i know ghost of mars is going to have some fans out there obviously genius is a fan i'm more of an appreciator of it but uh as we go from john carpenter he helped launch uh a thousand slashers let's uh head on over we're gonna dock now over to jason x
1: i fucking love this movie so goddamn much Right
0: here, you belong in space, I think, genius. You love both of these films. Now, I
1: like when you can take genres and mix them together.
0: Well, and it should be noted uh, over on Patreon, we back in uh, August actually did a commentary for this film, and it was definitely a love fest because the one thing that if you take away from our commentary is the movie is fun. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And Ghost of Mars is more action horror than i'd say and on the sci-fi this is more comedy horror very much so the way almost the way that um uh jason lives yeah. as a, in a horror comedy but you throw it out in space and that's the one thing we've been um we've seen some wonderful premises and titles in the friday the 13th franchise you just have to go to friday the 13th uh jason takes manhattan mm-hmm. how long does it take him to get to manhattan
1: it takes a few but he's doing the jason ha <laughs> ha Ladies and gentlemen, put your sub- subtitles
0: on and he, takes Manhattan. He laughs. He laughs. Throughout. He laughs. He he cracks wise. He cracks wise when killing. So I was I was hesitant when I see this, you know, Jason X, and I see the thing in space. Ladies and gentlemen, we from, from, the, from the get-go, within 15, 10 minutes of the movie, we are in space. hmm This is in the title. There's no blatant false advertising. We are not having a Manhattan situation here. Nope. Nope. And it should be noted, I did see this movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. And it was my very first Friday the Thirteenth film in the theater. Wow! Yes, nice. Yeah, and for some people it's like boo hiss, but it's just I. That was for some reason a franchise I never got out to the theater for, mm-hmm. and I had a blast in the theater rewatching it again. Um, having just recently watched Jason Farmer's, um, who actually is the writer of the movie, uh, excuse me, Todd Farmer, his uh, version of the My Bloody Valentine yeah remake. The- which is so much different than the original, as <laughs> wildly different, as we mentioned in the 1981 <clears throat> episode. There, but him coming back into the fact and the fact that this is now the second time here in the mouth of March Madness in 2021. That Jason shows up. Yes, yeah, he is living throughout. He his the legacy is is real. Yeah. Like decade by decade by decade at this point,
1: there's no more fucking around with and, Jason. And but and, but like you said earlier in the Ghost of Mars, like whoa, it's, it's Pam Greer. Whoa, it's Jason. It's Jason Satham. They were like, whoa, it's David Cronenberg. Whoa, it's the girl from Andromeda. Whoa, it's the girl from Mutant X. Whoa, it's the other girl from Andromeda. Yes, it's Lexa Duig, It's Lisa Ryder. Holy shit! And like I fucking love that in the theater. And I remember seeing in the theater. And at the time when Andromeda and when Mutant X and when all that shit was going on, I was watching those shows. So to see those sci-fi heroes in this world with Jason just fucking thrilled me. And the fact that we have one of the best kills in the entire franchise with the... uh, with the uh, frozen liquid carbonite kill. Oh, absolutely. And then the second best kill in the franchise is then repeated in this we movie. <laughs> we love smoking pot and having premarital sex. That's a pieces line almost. It, you know, there's an in Camp 5, there's a new waterbed. I love smoking pot and getting murdered to death on a waterbed. Right? And like, boom, 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 boom. So great. The kills are fun even the ones that are not so inventive just like your basic hack and slash mm-hmm. they're still a blast Um, you have a hero with the general that can take out Jason multiple times Yeah. And you have the visions of Uber Jason which I think is fucking slick
0: it's a pretty good design I enjoy a it a lot of
1: people are like man I don't know man but Jason since Uber Jason is dope it would look like a futuristic Jason would look like mm-hmm. it's like Jason 29, 2099
0: you know <laughs> Hey, very nice. It's well, it's nanobots. Yeah, just b- blame it on blame Nano. it on nanobots. I will. I will. Is the nanobots' fault. <laughs>
1: throughout
0: throughout your description, fun came out many times, and that's just it. This movie doesn't take itself seriously. We've gone from nor Jay- nor it
1: should no it's, well it's just uh, Jason in space.
0: We've gone from Jason with a bag on his head, you know, avenging his mother, defending his campsite, to being out in space in and just and then hacking on still horny teenagers you come a long way
1: baby (laughs)
0: well you know what he has come a long way but both of these films in space can only go one only one can go into the round of the scream 16 so at this point this is when we have our two bits of criteria here we're gonna ask which of the two films is closer to your heart closer to the heart that was a lot better man i like that so we're thinking on the pulling on the nostalgia strings So, Genius, which of the two, Jason X or Ghost of Mars, excuse me, John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, is closer to your heart?
1: I thoroughly enjoy Ghost of Mars. I saw it in the theater, and if it comes on TV, I'll watch it. But I remember one time, speaking of Lawrence, I was at the Granada going to a show. And we, of course, at the Granada, you have to wait at the bar for a little bit before they let people in. On the bar was playing Jason X. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna check this out while I'm waiting. So the show's about to get started. We're to go and see the show. I come back out for intermission, and Jason X is still fucking playing on the TV. Short show. I don't even remember what fucking show it was, but it punk, was punk rock, probably. And so, like, and so I just sit there watched Jason X, and I remember the show started going on again, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna watch Jason X. I'm having too much fun. I'm drinking, <laughs> chatting with the bartender, <laughs> watching fucking this, and it was like. Right when we were about to go in was right at the part when, like, she got her head slammed. And right when we came back out, it was the part where they were just about to, like, smash the thing. So, I was like, this is fucking perfect timing. I remember that. Those are, like, my favorite parts of that. That's one of my favorite memories of going to Granasty. Out of all the ones, things that I have had done, cage dancing and all, that's one of my favorite ones. And it's, like, the most wholesome of them all. So, like, for Closer to the Heart, I got to go with Jason X.
0: <laughs> Can't argue with that. I am also going to put my vote in for Jason X for the simple fact that it was my, I did see it in the theater, but it was my first Jason movie, my first Friday the 13th movie in the theater, and uh, I didn't go out of my way to see John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, and like I said, shame, 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 I'm buck none. I'm still going to go out of my way to watch Jason X and the next time I watch Ghost of Mars will be with you all, but it's not going to be on a solo viewing. It's a
1: caveat. Like it's... I'll watch I'll watch Ghost of Mars, but it has to be with you guys. I'll watch Jason X fucking whenever. Yeah, I think that's a, that's about as good as uh, the good as a review it'll get. <laughs> caveat free. Well, now that being said, I like to make sure we're uh, being fair here. So from
0: the heart to the head, we're going to look at our bracket topic which was
1: uh in
0: space, so Hear me we me off
1: for a second there.
0: Interpret that as you will, genius. Which uh, the two in
1: space? Jason, okay, I- so I had to say to tell you, like, think of it as escape from New York in space, or think of it as assault from uh, Precinct Thirteenth in space. I had to almost not not necessarily sell you on that concept, but like say this is how I view it. With Jason X, you know it's fucking Jason in space. There's no need to, like, explain. And it does exactly what you think it is. If you say John Carpenter in space, it could be a lot of different things. But if you say Jason in space, you know exactly what it is. And it fucking delivers on that promise. So for that alone, I got to go for Jason X.
0: And I'm, for some reason, feeling more literal in this case. So the whole in space, Jason... Is literally in space in Jason X. Yeah. In fact, we get a um, Kubrick reference in your Friday the Thirteenth movie with him doing the Slim Pickens, a la Doctor Strangelove, right in space, and with a count of four to zero, slashing its way into the round of the Scream sixteen in space. No one can hear you. <sighs> <sighs> That silence, I'm not cutting that out. That's <laughs> staying there. That is staying there. Now, our next bracket topic and our next pairing, man, we went from having a lot of fun to no fun at all. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. And that makes sense with our bracket bracket topic because we are looking at the mentally macabre. We're looking at frailty going up against Session 9. Ooh. Yeah, in, yeah, we need a shower after both of these Man. And, and not at the ward, but which one shall we talk first? Let's do frailty.
1: I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got that joy, 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 joy <laughs> down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay and, and I'm if the so happy doesn't oh. like it. He can sit on a tackle. Ow. Okay, stop, stop, stop.
0: <laughs> that almost gave me PTSD watching it. <laughs> and I almost had little Danny in the Shining reaction where I'm just like <laughs> with going through that. I was, what we've mentioned before, we were both raised Catholic. I was an Ultra Boy. I went through CCD, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was um, confirmed St. Isaac Jobs. All that is still so so tightly wound within my dna yeah. i can't escape it and this movie is built on so much sadness and tragedy yeah and i also saw this in the theater um i was 22 watching this took my little cousin to watch it and no i should i'm sorry i was 24 i was 24 um she was 14 she's always been 10 years younger than me so i'm taking a 14 year old my little 14 year old cousin who i taken to plenty films we took her to evil dead for a midnight screening (laughs) watch the movie and it terrifies me you know all the catholicism all that kind of stuff but also just it's it's a it's a scary movie yeah it is where we we go afterwards i go to the bathroom i walk outside in the the waiting the lobby and i can't find her and i'm looking around and around i'm starting to freak out and i'm panicking and of course she was just outside very simple right But that movie had inspired such fear and anxiety and dread that a simple just look out the door and she's there was just gone. And something that was like a three second period was a 30 second terror in my head. And Bill Paxton. I miss him.
1: Yeah. I miss him a lot. Especially now, man. Especially now. Director and oh, like star. So, oh, so
0: by any chance, did you see this one? In the oh, theater? yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: I was 22 and I remember seeing this movie. And first of all, that song, it didn't give me like trigger. It actually made me giggle because I thought of Rod and Todd Flanders when I saw it. <laughs> and so, like, I was like, <laughs> okay, Simpsons, right? Because, you know, that's how my brain works. So, but then upon that, just watching it and like questioning, like, okay this guy is fucked up and he's doing all this in the name of religion and he's passing this horrible shit down to his kids. And like, I was thinking this shit happens in real life. This was a criminal minds before criminal minds. This was something like dark and twisted before it. And the end, when you, when, when you find out one that maybe the dad was right all along,
0: we, okay, that's the one thing that rewatching the movie again made me really, really miss Bill Paxton, but also really made me like the ambiguity of everything. Yeah. Because Bill Paxton has been bathed in genre. You know, he's been killed by a Terminator, an alien, um, and a predator at this point. So I wanted to maybe think maybe he was on a holy mission. But it's still it's yeah, it's just it doesn't it doesn't give you simple. It doesn't give you good answers or simple answers. No. And there's
1: like three twists in the yeah, movie well, and oh. sort of. Yeah. But, and there's no there's no answer to any of them. Is he was he or was he not really correct? Right. Um. Is McConaughey really or not correct? Mm-hmm. And again, a circle of violence and tradition and yeah. religion and all this stuff. And Powers Booth powers booth like being afraid you don't normally see powers booth
0: afraid powers booth is actually a killing phrase in many cultures right he is such a welcome presence and that's the thing with this movie is this started even way before the reconnaissance or the whatever that was back when he was still very much kind of just that really good looking character actor but also was still very kind of unsettling and scary yeah and like you said for powers booth to sell the fear he has to sell that terror which i thought he did quite well and even bill paxton and just the
1: scary and wholesome and And he's doing this in the name of the lord and for good and he's in his eyes he's a righteous warrior yes and meanwhile he's doing these horrific shit in front of his kids Uh, uh. and making his kids do more horrific shit that was the worst part about it that's the thing it wasn't just a sense of dread and terror but a sense of like Oh god, this is terrible. What are why are you abusing these kids? So, and the fact that in your mind this shit probably happens, not maybe not with the murder, no. I mean maybe sometimes well, with but definitely with the indoctrination of of your own religion onto people and children and all that stuff. At the same time, that's terrifying shit. And it's real world shit and to find out maybe the people that he is killing are monsters. They're not necessarily demons, but they're doing terrible shit. They're doing terrible shit too. And so it's like, ah, there's nothing positive or redeeming in this movie. And it's so wonderful how dark it is. Yet, such as Americana setting, mm-hmm. and it's the 60s, and mm-hmm. so everything's bright and happy, and we all keep our demons uh, hidden underneath and repressed oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. literally in the ground oh man this movie hit a lot of different subjects and it was tackled quite well especially for being first time director
0: again he was soaking up just everything with well he worked with james cameron catherine bigelow i mean worked with
1: the greats yeah and and it's it's a it's a shame nobody saw this movie in the theater and one still people don't know about this movie now you say frailty uh, to 10 people maybe two like with Bill Paxton. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, that was a good movie. So it's like, it's it's kind of like disheartening because this movie is genuinely dark and wonderful.
0: Oh, it's, un- it, it's so unsettling. And the fact that it also gives you almost a iconic horror weapon in Otis. Yeah. The axe. Otis the
1: axe and the gloves. And the pipe. And the pipe, the holy relics. It's
0: very, very peculiar, bizarre. I remember reading, this is 2001, so I was probably reading Ain't It Cool?, but they did a thing on frailty and we're mentioning all the props and everything that went into it. No, this is just, it's an incredible directorial debut. It's a scary film, well acted, well crafted, well worth the revisit. Absolutely. So well worth the revisit. Now another one, uh, on the other hand here, Session Nine was
1: a- Dope, isn't it?
0: Was a first time viewing for me. I watched it for the first time last year. um, And actually even did, uh, and I've seen that with that one. And oh my goodness, I knew so much of it. I just knew it was kind of the scary asbestos movie (laughs) set in a mental asylum. And it was like, okay, yeah, that's it. But it's so much more. But much like frailty is just sad. Yeah. It's just sour and dark. It and I I don't think I was I was anticipating it, but I wasn't ready for it. And then revisiting again now, having watched it and knowing the twist and knowing the ending now makes you appreciate it even more. Uh, what was your initial uh, interaction with Session Nine?
1: I remember hearing something about it on like an 80 Cool News, right? And I believe at the time I was working a Blockbuster or, or some sort of. I think I'm trying to remember my time, but I do remember seeing like, "Oh, I'm gonna check this one out." Plus, it's got David Caruso. I like David Caruso, right? See, I knew not, I knew of David Caruso, but I didn't watch. What was his show CSI Miami okay the yeah! And, yeah. and and NYPD blue first he was on NYPD blue and okay. then he went to he went to like looks like he's gonna have to bake in the sun yeah yeah, yeah. So, which were you a more? Were you a more a fan of? Oh, definitely more fan of CSI Miami. But okay. I did watch the first two seasons of NYPD Blue when it came on. So okay, I was that's fair. Definitely aware of David Caruso, and especially after Jade. Like, so <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we won't go into that movie, but at the same not that time, kind of podcast, right? But at the same time, I, I liked it, and I definitely was a fan of uh, CSI Miami. Now, I'm trying to remember. I saw this one on video, and I think it was later on. It, I didn't catch it until maybe like 2003. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it, I was like, holy shit. This is it's atmospheric yeah. and scary. And David Caruso, I said it before and I'll say it again, has one of the best utterances of, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. In cinema history, it made me giggle, it made me laugh, and it made me go "fuck yeah," you know. And guess what? You need that because this isn't a real fun movie. No, there's no levity at all. But no, maybe like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it.
0: <laughs> and you had pinpointed that for me before I'd watch. You're like, by the way, there. And I was waiting for it. And there's you know a few FUs in there, but oh yeah, I was like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. No, it it. And listen, um, you know, our man, Fessenden, Fessenden shows up here. Too many cooks! Too many cooks, which was another little moment like that. But the idea of just this this abandoned mental health facility.
1: Terrifying. That setting was so unnerving.
0: And then every one of the sessions, and that whole idea of how, in this case, dual identity disorder was dealt with back in the day, Mm -hmm. and just the, the progression of the tapes, and then Spoil and again, obviously you know film celebrating 20 years here, but when you realize that it's it's all these real world issues that are rooting and creating the terror technically, it's just even more traumatic and just sad. yeah when you see the dissolution of what happens in his life at home, it just it it just it hits and I'm watching them it's like, oh, this movie is not fun. And I know you rewatched it again last night after watching The Black Coat's Daughter,
1: right. which is not a fun movie. No, but it's also like a prime example of A24 movies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like done right. Because this one was like, <clears throat> there's hardly any like boo jump scares. No, there's no. no like, there's no blood and gore until like the last five minutes of the movie. Everything is just. Building atmosphere, building tension between um, the workers, workers, between the time frame but going on because they need the money, between the the workers and their own individual families, because you have the whole subplot of uh, the one guy dating the other guy's ex, which has got to be hard, and working oh, together, God. that's got to be rough. That's got to be rough. It's awful. Then you have the subtext of this guy who trying to figure out why his wife kicked him out and what's going on with that, and when it's- you find out what really happened. You're like, holy shit. But then when you find out what really happened, you're like, oh, double holy shit. And you have all this stuff. Meanwhile, this guy's going obsessed with listening to these tapes and they're just getting darker and and darker and darker. And then who's Simon? And I'm like, holy shit. And then when Simon actually reveals himself that he's like, could possibly be some supernatural shenanigans going on.
0: More ambiguity.
1: You're just like, but by then you're like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, I did not expect that at all. And like I said, there's no gore up until the past. And there's even a little bit of that shaky cam stuff, which normally turns me off. But it added so much to the atmosphere. It made it feel real, like you're not supposed to be there.
0: That's perfect because I was I never felt at ease throughout the entirety of the film at
1: all at all since like after the first five minutes I'm like I'm uncomfortable the first tour
0: of the goddamn place yeah and you know what I actually like it when you get to go on tours of places in movies I don't know what it is it's possibly because it's a trope but it establishes the geography of everything it establishes where the scary parts of the building are so when you know when you're hearing the noises don't go there don't Mm-mm. go there Mm-mm. but they have to and no i i was not prepared for the feels of this film i really no. wasn't i really wasn't and that's why I, I guess it should be noted that here in 2001 and throughout this you know this decade we're going to start seeing more serious you know adult fare in the movies i mean it started in the 90s with we we'll go back to 91 with Silence of the Lambs, Yeah, obviously. But as much as we loved both of these films, only one is going to have representation in the round of The Scream 16. So of the two, Frailty or Session 9, Genius McGee, which is closer to your heart?
1: I saw Frailty in the theater, and it stuck with me. <laughs> It really did. it creeped me out. it made me like look at people differently, not all not certain people but just like in general You were going around touching people <laughs> or not wanting to be touched like don't touch me and I want Get you away. to know what's going on all right so like <laughs> <laughs> but, but and then I saw session nine and that stuck with me and but it's because it's creepy and atmospheric. but I think frailty because that I saw in the theater and it stuck with me more. I'm going to go with frailty. And I hate to say the closest
0: way to my heart is, a you know, a fun theatrical experience. And thinking that I may have lost my cousin to Bill Paxton after that, <laughs> that still bothers me to this day. Or McConaughey. Was, oh, yeah, ooh, no, even worse. All right, all right, all right. No, that's now, You got any holy weapons? <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Now, that being said, uh, from the heart to the head... Our bracket topic was mentally macabre, so interpret that as you will, but genius, which of the two were you going to go with?
1: I champion both these movies. I'm, I I say Session 9 is super fucking dope, and it's a really dope experience. It shows, when it comes to the mental um, shenanigans of it, right. it's dealing with all these peoples and the ramifications of it, and that's fucking scary. But frailty not only deals with that guy's personal ones, but the fact that he's passing it on to his children and then the vet instead is going to be passed along to the children after it. And the whole mental torment that he puts his kids through, that he goes through, that the whole mind mental games, that that playing the powers booth, Mm -hmm. I think this is more indicative of a a good case study of a a mental trauma. So I'm going to go with frailty.
0: Well spoken, well defended. I'm gonna go literal on this one with the mentally macabre. Uh, I'm in terms of the setting itself. I mean, we're in a mental institution. It's abandoned. It's Uh, scary too. Goddamn the the macabre, the macabre. It's all there, even the dangers of the asbestos and breathing that in. So I'm gonna give it a vote, but um, as as if it is on a mission from God by a vote of three to one. (laughs)
1: Looks like the bracket's got that joy, 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 joy down in its heart. Where? Down in its heart. Into the Scream 16 goes Frailty. And going from
0: two films that were depressing and dour, we go to two films now outside our normal realm of comfort. Mm -hmm. As we are going kind of international for for both of these, but our bracket topic, more importantly,
1: is... Historical horror. Mm-hmm. Let's fire up that Wayback machine. <laughs> yes, Mister Peabody. <laughs> Come on, Sherman. Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> and we have on the
0: bracket here, going up against each other. We have the Hughes Brothers from Hell mm-hmm. going up against Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Which shall we start with? Let's do From Hell. Let's go from From Hell.
1: Yes. I I'm never trust Ian McCall. Never trust Ian Holm. <laughs> well, any
0: British character actor <laughs> right? in this case. Uh, this was a first-time viewing for me. This was a very much, and I've seen that. Um, I knew of the graphic novel that uh-huh. it was based on uh, with the, the Captain Cantankerous, Alan Moore, my goodness. Um, also knew that it was done by the Hughes brothers as one of their follows-up to, um, was it Menace to Society? Yeah. Which, amazing film. And the fact that it's got Johnny Depp and then, at the time... Roller girl! Heather Graham. So... Didn't realize though what how wonderfully crafted it was. The talk about atmosphere and setting, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how it made me realize I would never want to be able to take that time machine and live at that time. No, no, this was one of the smell, this was like a smell-o-vision movie, Mm -hmm. and it just just it just it emanated from the screen. And then on top of that, you have some madman running around butchering people horrifically, terrifying, terrifying. I wasn't expecting, um, there's a kill in this movie. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. The wheel kill when the yes. guy gets pulled under,
1: <laughs>
0: I was entranced through the movie, but that moment made me go, Oh God, which was kind of wonderful. Uh, but just, I don't know. There was just something about how, I just don't think if you would have shown me, menace. Uh, um, um you know menace to society and, and this. then from hell i love the contrast in that just the fact that they were able to expand and go beyond what they were normally
1: uh into you know they actually did an interview i saw an interview about that and they're like well why did you want to do this and he goes because ghetto was ghetto he goes oh. no matter what time what Damn. place it is he goes people are downtrodden people are downtrodden so we felt still a connection with this victorian england and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty fucking deep."
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, your what was your initial re- uh interaction with From Hell?
1: Saw it in the theater. Did you saw it in the theater? I was like, "Ooh, a Jack the Ripper movie!" Right. I didn't know it was based on a comic book, but I knew of the Hughes brothers and was mm-hmm. a fan of the Hughes brothers, and I knew of Johnny Depp, and I was a fan of Roller Girl. <laughs> I didn't know that Hagrid was gonna be in it. But-
0: Right. It, again, it's just it's a, a roll call of all these character actors showing up. It was but it
1: still sets those cool tropes of like the I want your badge on the you know, and it had like the one sergeant that was helpful and then the one that wasn't. And, well,
0: the fact that we actually open up on, you know, our main character smoking opium, right? And you're like, oh, I guess it's that another time.
1: Another place, but not really, because, like, it's still it, kind of prescient today. Yes, very much so. Not so much with Freemasons oh, that we
0: know of. Well, it delves into the conspiracy theory, the fact that the idea of, the well, even the, the legacy of Jack the Ripper, the fact that there are multiple Jack the Ripper films out there, that there is a whole, I mean, conspiracy theory involving jack the ripper Well,
1: because it's never been solved that's it's the why ultimately it's like, like unsolved mysteries it is like who the fuck killed all these prostitutes back in the day and so yeah it l- lends itself to conspiracy but it's so atmospheric and so well done and everybody acted incredibly well because you don't think of like now you might think of heather graham but she, as like a, an actress but back then as, when she was still coming up you weren't like, ooh, Heather Graham, right? Except, unless you were me. Unless you're a genius. Um, right. But I think she did great in this. Oh, no, she did fantastic.
0: I think everyone involved was really good, and also because we were, you know, it, the, the level of gore as well. Holy shit. The after effects of everything is incredible.
1: When he snatched that girl from the shadows, and all you see is the blade, stick, 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 stick. I was like, bravo, bravo, because that was like, whoa, that made me jump, because I was not expecting that at all. Um, I'll never trust somebody giving me grapes. That's for oh, sure. Oh, no. That's for sure. The way he lured those prostitutes. And, like, again, this is one of those things that's still happening. Here in Kansas City, maybe, like, like 10 years ago, we had a Jack the Ripper that was going around picking up and killing prostitutes. Yeah. So it's like... God damn, it's terrifying shit out there. And the fact that that this really happened... Now, I don't know if, like, the cop who had visions and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is there was a Jack the Ripper. So, and still even if there wasn't their life would've been shit. Every time I watch these movies, every time I watch cowboy movies, I'm like I'd like to go and visit, but I do not want to no. fucking live there. I no. like being clean. Yes. So <laughs> antiseptics are a wonderful thing. <laughs> right. Well, going
0: from the the crazy streets of London to out uh goodness gracious. Just just oh just go ahead get it out of the way. J'ai le son bon. A film that I have I saw in the theater. Ooh! but have not watched since that theatrical experience. We're talking Brotherhood of the Wolf.
1: Mm -hmm. Your uh, initial interactions with that one also, Genius? On video. I didn't get a chance to watch it in the theater, but I did hear a lot of good things about it, and when it finally came out on video, I was like, ooh, I'm going to rent this one, because I've been hearing nothing but good stuff. And I was not let down. I haven't. Maybe I watched since then. I probably watched it another time maybe about 10 years after that one Mm -hmm. but i think like this is only like my third viewing of it but i'm gonna watch
0: it again well and that's just it having not watched it in 20 years i distinctly remember certain things um yes we'll just get out of the way monica bellucci Bellucci being one of them oh yeah now i'm not gonna lie though the the dissolve from her breast from to the mountains was
1: it was beautiful and gratuitous and it was awesome because, like, it's just it was
0: so naked, gun
1: right because her just her boobs turned into mountains, and I was like, Whoa, it's Mount Baluchi, don't mind if I do. and so like, <laughs> but at the same time. It's still a gorgeous shot. It's gratuitous oh, and it, like self-serving and like, hey, let's put some nudity. It was still thoughtfully done and masterfully ex- executed.
0: It's a very indulgent movie. It runs two and a half hours. It's Baudry. Baudry. It runs two and a half hours. But it's so crazy because it's a historical period piece
1: slash werewolf
0: film slash martial arts film.
1: Action, mystery, whodunit it's so it is many things everywhere kung fu like <laughs> sociopolitical movie it is ev- it is a kitchen sink movie
0: i remember being confused when i saw it in the theater back in the day but i remember being entertained mm-hmm. and uh mark dakaskas
1: fuck yeah mark dakaskas
0: manny is an all-timer in this manny is awesome manny is so freaking good in this movie uh, even our our lead, I believe uh, Mount Baldy called him a mixture of Triple H and... Gerard Derepadu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, the standout for me in this viewing was Vincent Cassell. He
1: always is a creep.
0: <laughs> and even in his final form,
1: when <laughs> he's, he's
0: when he creep. in his full regala with his, his armor and his his weird weapon that he's wielding at the very end. It's fucking slick. It's amazing.
1: This is the cool it movie. Is. It, it is, is very cool. cool. It's it's design cool. It looks cool. It, it it's it's cold, it's neat. There's like some a lot of cool design. Now here's the thing. This was at the peak of that bullet time, and they did use it a lot, but not enough to the point where I was like, ugh, you know? It's not
0: as gratuitous as uh, some of the other gratuity in the movie.
1: Right. I think this would be a two-hour movie if they would have took away some of the bullet time, and they would have put it in regular time. But at the same time... I can watch Mark DeCosta's fucking do Kung Fu in slow motion all day. That is, some, that is some fine art shit right there.
0: And also, shout out to the hats
1: they are wearing. Fucking the trifle
0: hats. Yes, uh, incredible.
1: The whole period, incredible. they hit that. Now, Brotherhood of the Wolf hit the period pieces with the outfits and stuff, but... When you can add fantasy and historical shit and and make it costumes look good and designs look good because the monster looked cool. The monster was fucking sweet. And there was a combination of practical
0: and CGI. And now we'll say when you get longer extended shots of the CGI, it is a little bit more rough. Yeah,
1: you show it. But But
0: when you get the flash cuts and then the up close with the practical and then just the... Armor involved is amazing.
1: The prehensile teeth. I mean, the whole design of everything and everybody, the weapons, the costume, it, it, the, the monster, the location, the wardrobe, just everything about it was like, holy shit, this is wild. It felt huge.
0: Well, and it's and it's really funny because I did see it at the Tivoli. If that tells you anything. Exactly. And the Tivoli, which still does exist now here over at the uh, the Nelson Art Museum. Was it was our art house theater here in Kansas City, but, but I mean I saw you know Dead Alive there, so I mean it catered to weird genre, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful experience. And then revisiting was fantastic as well. And as much as we loved both of these movies, only one can advance into the round of the Scream sixteen. So Genius McGee, which of the two, From Hell or Brotherhood of the Wolf, which of the two is closer to your heart?
1: I saw uh, From Hell in the theater and I really dug it. But I remember loving the shit out of Brotherhood of the Wolf. I remember talking about that movie, like, dude, this movie is great. And the fact that nobody else knew about it, mm-hmm. I felt like, ooh, I'm onto this secret that nobody knows. This movie is s- sweet. People, more people should see it. So let me champion it. And, like, or at the same time, be like, <laughs> you haven't seen a movie that's on. It's cool. You know? So, like, yeah, I'm going to go with Brotherhood of the Wolf and Closure of the Heart. And Monica Bellucci. I've seen Roller Girl. I've seen uh, Johnny Depp. You know, I've never seen Mark Dacascos. I've never seen Monica Bellucci. And I'll search everything out. Sans irreversible. They do for 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 life. Cause I'm fan. So yeah, I'm gonna go from Brotherhood of the Wolf.
0: Passionate defense is always my friend. I'm also going to go with Brotherhood of the Wolf for the simple fact that it was a theatrical experience and a theatrical viewing, but the fact that I did manage to go 20 years between the two, and it felt just as fresh as that first time, and there's just that's the closest way into there. So that being said, from the heart to the head, we are looking at historical, historical horror genius. So based on that, what's got your vote? <laughs>
1: this one is hard. Mm-hmm. This one is truly, truly hard. I'm going to go from hell because Jack the Ripper was a real person. I don't know if the beast of Belong or whatever it is is real. I would like to think it is. But if this was like, you know, what's a better, if I'm thinking of what's a better, like, cool representation of something that's like, The mix of historical and phantasmagoric, I'm going to go with Brotherhood of the Wolf because I think the costume designs are better. Mm -hmm. I think the the overall thing is, look is cooler, but for historical accuracy and the fact that it's a real killer, dude, from hell made me feel like I was in Victoria, England. I was only waiting for, like, you know, um, God bless us, everyone! What day is it, sir? Right? Cockles! Cockles! You know? So, like... I'm gonna go with from hell.
0: Totally makes sense. This is a tough one for me. Um, now I remember when I went in back in 2001, I was actually somewhat well-read and knowing a lot of the historical context of what was going on with Brotherhood of the Wolf. With it was like the Reformation, the Counter Reformation, the Terror. All those things were legit and again occurred. But then you throw on this weird werebeast beast on top of that, makes it more memorable um going up against from hell then again jack the ripper existed we're recreating but again we're throwing our own spin on so it's my my thing is which of the two do do the spin do i enjoy more which of the two is more entertaining because i'm i'm being educated with both but which one is more entertaining and meant for me Brotherhood of the Wolf is just way too way too entertaining for historical horror.
1: 100% agree, and I cannot argue with that at all, sir.
0: So that being said, by a count of three to one, biting its way into the round of the Scream 16 is Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh! Which leads us to our last matchup here, and...
1: Oh, man, this is rough!
0: This is, this is a good one, this is a good one. Our bracket topic is very simple. We're looking at haunted domiciles... And we have two films in 2001 that did indeed feature some haunted homes. Genius, we've got Bones mm-hmm. going up against 13 Ghost. Which shall we talk first?
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Why don't you turn around and see who's behind you? Mine. <laughs> Is that you, Jimmy Bones? Bones, that you? Is that you, Jimmy Bones? Oh goodness gracious! So, me? genius, by any chance? Did you see this during its original 2001 theatrical run? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was a Saturday night, and I wanted to go see the fucking Snoop Dogg scary movie. I was fucking hyped, because it's Snoop Dogg, and it's horror. And so, (laughs) at the time, these are a few of my favorite things, right? So, like... so i went to go see it opening night late night show it was like a 10 o'clock show and i fucking loved it it was me and mount baldy and we had a ball it was so good it was scary i mean it was legit there was some good like oh shit that's a that's a good scene and at the time the special effects were very very well done um and then just the story of it and the fact that like why don't you turn around, see so behind you. Mind the fact that it's funny, it's legit good. So, yeah, no, I thoroughly remember seeing that movie.
0: So, I also saw it in the theater last year <laughs> during a terror Tuesday screening, which I knew of the movie. I knew it as that Snoop Dogg scary film, but it's so much more than that. This was the anti pieces. This is not what I thought it was. I didn't realize there was so much of a doorway to hell of elements of Dr. Caligari, of. The Tony Gardner effect work in yeah. this movie with that that body of walls. <laughs> that was slick. It is incredible. That was so ooey and gooey. I wasn't prepared for that stuff at all. The fact that uh, Jimmy Bones himself in more demonic form, we just get a little bit. We get to spend that time in the 70s with him and Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Showing up again here in 2001, making a name for herself in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, we get old it's like you know old Pam Greer and young Pam Greer. Uh, I was just absolutely shocked at how much fun I had with this film that first time mm-hmm. and the fact that I bought it on Blu-ray that the Scream Factory that they put it out I immediately picked that one up because it's also an Ernest Dickerson film who we are very familiar with because he was the um his film Demon Knight was part of our very first Nerdween. Oh, Demon Knight is fucking slick and Catherine isabel yes oh yeah going all the way back there uh oh, of course Catherine isabel uh but the fact that he's also the man that shot all of spike lee's work you know i mean this is the man that shot do the right thing it's in the fact that he then is also responsible for jimmy bones isn't freaking credible yeah i challenge anyone out there to watch this and just because it's not what i thought it was i thought it was I know it was supposed to be kind of a vehicle for Snoop Dogg as what, like a Freddy Krueger character. I was going to say, did you think
1: he was going to be like a Michael Myers or something some supernatural slasher?
0: Something along those lines,
1: but it's <laughs> kind of that. Yeah. But it's
0: also kind of more.
1: He's like dracula as in like a romantic revenge creature yes. and he's also like freddy and he's also the town boogeyman yes
0: but also the town savior back yeah. in the day
1: yeah and it's a revenge movie it's yeah. almost like jd's revenge from back in the day
0: yeah it is
1: yeah it is well it's it's a killer much, pimp
0: a killer ghost pimp it's a black exploitation film in 2001 that was made with a lot of love mm-hmm. you can tell everyone involved just genuinely enjoyed the film and you can sense it as well uh, also runs about an hour and 35. You can't go wrong with that. Nope. No, this was just a joy to watch and then re-experience not too long after. Mm-hmm. Now, hmm Now. Bones, that too? Going from the haunted mansion that all the kids are getting... Go- actually, you know what? That's what actually kind of made me laugh too. It almost had a... We got to save the uh, the little... Um, like the discotheque, so mm-hmm. to speak, eventually. Right. Uh, but going from that into a remake... Of a William Castle film, 13 Ghost. Genius, did you see this one in the theater? Oh,
1: fuck yeah, I did.
0: Now, let me ask you, by any chance, was it because it was a scary movie? That's one reason. Was it because you're a big fan of Monk? Uh, no. Two words? No, excuse me.
1: Yeah, two words. Two words, Shannon and Elizabeth. I is. remember the whole, even the whole tagline was, Shannon Elizabeth is in the house. And I was like, yes, she is. Let's go see what this movie is all about. And so, like, because, I mean, come on. I mean, 22, Shannon Elizabeth. You came for the Elizabeth, but you stayed for the ghosts. Yeah. No, I stayed for the F. Murray Abraham. Oh, did you now? (laughs) No, yeah, this movie was, was, I was like, fuck yeah, it's Shannon Elizabeth. And whoa, it's It Well, and that's what
0: was really great with this viewing is the fact that I forgot the fact that friggin... Oh, here we go. Inside the studio. Tonight it's F. Mary- God damn it! <laughs> the buffering never helps, does it? That's
1: okay. It's, what
0: in post? It's a buried bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the fact that you've got F. Murray Abraham showing up in this movie and Matthew Lillard and Ma- and Matthew Lillard, I actually saw this in the theater mm-hmm. last year. As well, <laughs> as part of <is> Terror Tuesday. <laughs> I missed out on this one. This one just it was during that, around that time when you got the House on Haunted Hill. When House you got of the Wax. And then we got, yeah. All those remakes around that time. I just, it just, I wasn't interested in it. You had hyped it up quite a bit. seen it on the big screen made such a difference because that is a movie that is loud. Yeah. It is beautiful by design. And then the actual practical effects of the ghosts themselves, and it almost plays kind of like Neon Maniacs, where you've got a roll call of all these different ghosts and their designs and their and,
1: maladies. And they build a cool world because, like, the, yeah, they have their own separate set of rules. They have their own separate types of things. The ghosts on the DVD, there's all these extras. There's the Ghost Files, nice, that tells you about the Jackal, about the Juggernaut, about the uh, the Torso, the Princess. Not a deal breaker, (laughs) and about all the other different, like, different ghosts there are. And so, like, it was, it's very good at world building in this movie, and it's a cool premise. It's interesting to the fact that they take the old William Castle, like, oh, you got to use the specter vision to see the ghosts. And then they took that and they ran with it. I I enjoyed the shit out of this movie, and I still do. No, I, I also had the fact that the house itself
0: is almost a character in the movie Mm -hmm. that it just functions all around them the house design is kind of incredible as well this one was definitely a surprise because i wasn't ready for some of the level of gore that was involved
1: yes (laughs) it's always what is it about the early 2000s that loved like bifurcating people
0: okay i was about to mention that i think that's a trope that somehow came about because of maybe maybe y2k fears the fact that we are going to be I, no, I have no idea, but it was all throughout there. Yeah, Resident Evil, uh-huh. a number of those movies, but in the long tradition, then just fitting in there. No, I was shocked with the fun I had with this one. The fact that you do have uh, Tony Shaloub, who is an always welcome presence. Um, I don't know. Just was just always a lot of fun. And
1: F. Murray Abraham, you gotta love F. Murray. So Abraham.
0: that being said, we've got Bones and Thirteen Ghosts. Uh, which of the two here, Genius McGee? shall join the ranks of Brotherhood of the Wolf, Frailty, and Jason X in this round of The Scream 16. We're going to start with which of the two is closer to your heart?
1: Oh, man. I saw both these movies. I love the lore that 13 Ghosts creates. The fact that the Jackal is iconic. The fact that the Juggernaut is so fucking cool. I fucking mentioned him in the Mandy episode, right? I'm like, well, that's the fucking John Henry ghost from 13 Ghosts, right? they just build a very cool, unique world, but Jim bones, Jim bones. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, how, what did I say? The first thing like, Hey, where you at? Why don't you turn around? See who's behind you. Mike right? Jim bones. That's you. It's in the vernacular. It's Jimmy bones. It's like, it's it, I <laughs> I can't say enough good things about Jimmy bones. I genuinely have a good time. Is it the best horror movie I've ever seen? No. Is it a great horror movie? Fuck yeah it is. (laughs) So for Close to the Heart I gotta go Bones. I had such a good time every time I see both these movies I have a ball. But I have more fun with Jimmy Bones. So Close to the Heart I gotta go with my heart and my heart is fun. So Jimmy Bones is that true for me?
0: This is a tough one for me too as I saw both in the theater but in a different timeline. Uh, And I had a lot of fun with both of them and it. Both times, too, I'm like, oh, Pam Grier's in this movie. Rad. Oh, F. Murray Abraham's in this movie. Rad. But let me just tell you something. If you're going to ask which of the two, if I, I can have two uh, actors, I can only have one actor, Pam Grier or F. Murray Abraham. Sorry, son, I'm going Pam Grier. So for the heart.
1: No, I, F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> I'm going to
0: go with Bones with that as well. Now, from the heart to the head, we're going to ask which of the two is a better representation of a haunted domicile?
1: Hmm. so here's the thing he built that ghost house trap Mm -hmm. right but he had to bring the ghosts in and try to create a ghost right so yeah that it's haunted but by design jimmy bones was murdered and buried and the fact that the whole house is alive with with uh floors that bleed, um, walls from hell, you know, all that kind of stuff. The house that nobody wants to go into, the house that the whole neighborhood is afraid of, the house that like, did you buy that house? You better fucking unbuy it. I mean that isn't a line that is uttered in that movie. So for a haunted domicile and the fact that they chose to live there still This is true. They didn't even get to spend one night in the thirteen ghosts house. They spent weeks building that fucker up. In and bones. So I gotta go with bones.
0: I'm not going to lie. I was going to say 13 ghosts because the fact that the house itself is a character, but it's by design meant to contain ghosts. It's not necessarily meant they weren't they weren't fostered there. You're right. Oh, that's such a difference. You're right. You know what? I can't beat that kind of logic. <laughs> by that alone, my friend, Bones is going to get my vote. And that being said, by a count of four to zero,
1: Jim Bones, that is you. And, hey, 13 ghosts. Want to turn around and see who's behind you, Mike? <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs>
0: Next Friday here in the round of the scream sixteen, we have Jason X going up against frailty. Holy shit, that's a weird that is a
1: weird fucking fight right there, and
0: another weird one indeed is gonna be Brotherhood of the Wolf going up against oh, Jimmy Bones Wolf versus Dogs. I like the where that's gonna go, so which one is gonna be representing uh the the year of two thousand and one and the Frightful four? We'll find out this Friday. And until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your
1: dreams. Let's turn around and see who's behind you, monk.